part of the conversations that happen around my kitchen table. He's John Brannion and he's been a stand-up comic for more than 30 years. She's Amanda McKinney and she's been my daughter for her whole life. Our family believes laughter is a gift from God. We often discover it while discussing culture, faith, and family. So go ahead and pull up a chair, neighbor. Can I call you Carl? There's plenty of room here for you. Uh, hey, what's up, Carl? Uh, peaches and Podcast Ninja. Podcast Ninja. Luke is here. We're getting ready to go do a show on, uh, well, the show will be over by the time. I can't get used to that. I, I always say, hey, here's what's going to happen, forgetting that it will it will have already happened by the time this podcast goes Especially out. since the Peaches doesn't upload podcasts until like a oh, week yeah. later. Yeah, it was good of you to I wait till Thursday. yesterday. Yesterday was the, when I uploaded. Was the Monday podcast? Today. Yeah, and... And I just want to say I was listening to the playback, and I was so excited. Funny. <laughs> oh, you were funny. We were all pretty funny. Was we, I funny? We started the show playing with the soundboard, mm-hmm. and we listened to your mouth honk, and we listened to G.K. Chesterton, <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, I was so I was so enthusiastic about life then." It was a bit nostalgic. That was a long time ago. It was. We've been doing this podcast a long time. I mean, I and we're like last week was we're a long tired. time ago. I'm tired. We're weary. Like nine days ago, we recorded that good episode, and now I'm tired. And now we just don't have the will. I feel like we should be grateful and savor the fact that we are still on the network as of now. Yeah, well, that's just because Carl wouldn't listen. Tell listen to you for for a guy who didn't want to talk about it. <laughs> Carl wouldn't tell you anyone that it. we are such awful apostates. Oh, my gosh. So, All right. Carl, right. the thing that I want to make perfectly clear is that sometimes I'm not in control of the topic of conversation. Sometimes people want to discuss or fight about things that I would rather not fight about. But what am I going to do? You know, well, it's, it's, I didn't pick the six-day creation fight. I didn't pick it. Well, you've written about it several times this week. and That's because every time I write about it, people come back and ask me the same questions. Yeah. Over so, and over and over. Right, but they, are, they think that you are writing just to them and that you owe them a personal response mm-hmm. and that if you don't give them that, you're deflecting and dodging. And so, right. so with all of that... Right. With all that in mind, I think that you owe them <laughs> an explanation. An, an explanation. You have yet to answer anyone's questions regarding specific reasons why you think theistic evolution is a reasonable belief. Those who believe in a young earth are on solid ground biblically. Use God's word to explain your position. Mm-hmm. Should I do that? I know that you can. Mm-hmm. It's uh, well, capable. I can, but I can, to, according to you, but will I be able to do that to the satisfaction of my oh, chief detractors? Oh, absolutely not. No. Right. Well, and here's the thing. I don't want to call any individual because, like, there was a there was a brief exchange with a guy named Matt, who's a longtime listener and, and interactor and commenter, right. that I thought went just fine. He said, ultimately, he still, he still tends toward the young earth view, but he could at least see 
where you were coming from. That's right. all I'm hoping for. And there are people who are like that. There, there's a guy named John who also was like trying to ask you for your position. You weren't making it real easy for him. You were kind of being sly and dodgy on that one. And he <laughs> and he was like really patient with you. And I think that he's sincere. I didn't. I was trying to be sincere too. I wasn't trying to be dodgy. I know you weren't, but you kind of were being that way. Gee. And so that happens sometimes. Like, I think there are some genuine Gee. questions. Like, I think there's curiosity. And I think there are a lot of people who have never There are people who are like, why heard... are you doing this? What is up your... Hell? There are a lot of people who have never heard the old earth perspective as argued from scripture because there haven't been millions and millions of dollars thrown toward teaching them the uh, that view like there haven't there hasn't been a right. giant museum and right. like 30 40 50 years worth of like concerted effort to get them to think about the old earth perspective so right. they think it's, it's the only it's obscure one. it's it's right. it's super obscure and that's what we were talking about today on telegram it's like why don't you just say it why don't you just tell people what you believe because the older because they think they already know it they they're the people who are the chief complainers and critics are like well if you believe in evolution in any form then you deny the scripture and it's like i understand why you're saying that i really do but you don't know my perspective and to try to unpack it for each individual person under on facebook is <laughs> tedious it's tedious right well and i tried to explain today it's not even the young earth position i that's that's not my beef with answers in Genesis. Right. It's, I, I am not upset because they have a different interpretation of Genesis than I do. That is not my problem. But that is the problem that everybody has with me, is that I won't affirm word for word whatever they think creation is. Well, we, we you can affirm word for word whatever the Bible says. I can. And it says... <laughs> But but no you and you know it's harder no, no, than no, no, that no. because evening and morning means different things. Right. I know, and that's the part that I don't think they've considered. Like you can you absolutely can't this is what Hugh Ross has taken to do to doing. He just says, I believe in a literal interpretation of Genesis. And it's gotten to the point where he's <laughs> talked so much to um he's talked to like Ray Comfort and to Ken Ham so much in different contexts. They don't even let him get away with that anymore. Like if he says, I affirm the scripture, they're like, no, you don't. <laughs> right. Like, well, that's yes, what's happening with me. It's like, you know, you don't really believe the Bible. You're denying the Bible. And maybe I haven't been doing it as long as he Ross. So I'm, I'm no, salty you, about it. No, I think that you made a mistake when you tried to say to somebody that you believe in a young earth in an old universe. And yeah. I don't even think that that's accurate. <laughs> I don't think yeah. that's even the position apparently all this time that you've been saying you lean toward a young earth was not true because i don't even think i know what your beliefs are anymore yes you do you articulated it well if i articulated it i've always said i lean old earth because that's what people call it when you believe in something longer than six thousand years right since day one but my this is this is why i'm exhausted talking about it but because time is relative and so and, and so the six, the literal, I can say that it was a literal six days of creation in God time. Right. 
And so it shifts the timetable. I believe that the time shifts after Adam is created. And we, we, and and we start, and now we're talking about earth time. We're talking about human time. And so prior to the creation of Adam, evening and morning were longer periods of time. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean that God's lying. It doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that it's not a day. You can call it a day, but it's a day that means it's a different period of time than after Adam was created. Right. And so, and I think that the earth, and I'm putting it in air quotes, the earth was towards the end of that creation process. I, I, I have no idea how you put a universe together. I don't know how, I don't know how you build one. Um, but in my mind, I'm perfectly okay with earth being one of the, you know, one of the final things that he put together. It's certainly the only thing that he talks about in Genesis. He doesn't talk about the other planets. He doesn't talk about, I mean, he talks about the, the lights in the sky. He talks about the sun. He talks about the moon. Right. But he doesn't, he doesn't talk about any of the other planets and what he did with them. He didn't. Well, he, it's, it's, isn't that because there aren't any other planets and <laughs> there's just Earth? <laughs> A flat disc with a firmament over it, and yes. the sun and the moon yes. go around that's, the that's earth. That's why. That's why. That's why. And if you really believed God's word like you ought to, then you would affirm that as well. Uh, well, um, but the, one I, of the questions people asked, at least one person asked, was, um, "Well, if you're willing to death? interpret day, the day as millions of years, how do you know that Jesus didn't spend millions of years in the?" Tomb, and it's because like, that was after Adam that was, was created. Human time. It was recorded by humans of a human event that they. Witnessed. And that's actually a trick question because Jesus preceded Adam. It's not. So. No, no, it's not a. It's not a trick question. They genuinely don't know. They're like, oh my gosh, if you're telling me that I might have been misunderstanding this, ma- this very very short account of a very very massive event. Mm-hmm. Then how am I supposed to believe what Matthew wrote? You know, right. and but see, uh, but I'm not wrote. the one saying that. That's it's it's not me who's saying you're misunderstanding and you're getting it wrong, and therefore your entire faith is being undermined by this error. That's not me. No, no, that's they, that's the answers that in Genesis the, people. No, that is the that's going to be the result if your view is correct. They have never considered. They have because they've never considered it from any other perspective other than the answers in Genesis one. And so, right. if you say to them, "Well, okay, days were longer periods of time back then," they're going, "Oh no, I see the word day in places in the New Testament. How do I know that doesn't mean millions of years too?" They genuinely don't know. They're not trying to be tricky. They're just like, "Hey, John, here's something you'd never thought about." Jesus was in the tomb for three days. <laughs> was three in there for How three you, days. Why don't you just was go that, ahead and tell was everybody that it was one point <laughs> five billion years? Right. Yeah. Right. And it's I know. It's like they say, why would God lie? And it's like it's not a lie. It's like if if a motorcycle is coming towards you and it's vibrating at a particular pitch, and you wanted to explain what pitch it was vibrating at or what note it was making when right. it, when it came by, it's like. Do you mean before it reaches my ears or after when it's past me and going in the other direction? Right. Because sound waves aren't consistent like that. Like they hit different depending on where depending you on are. Depending on how close it is. That has, that's the Doppler effect. It is the Doppler effect. 
And so it, there's a Doppler effect with time as well. Right. What pitch, what pitch was that motorcycle making? It's like, well, where was it? Where, where was it when you heard it? It's so weird because the, the same motor traveling at the exact same speed is is immediately sounds like a different motorcycle. Like right. it immediately sounds like a different Right, it sounds vehicle. like a whole different vehicle. Yeah. And yep. so we experience that in our day-to-day life. And here's the thing. God knew that it was going to be uh, not necessary for him to explain the Doppler effect in the Bible. It also wasn't because necessary. Because he knew that he was going to... Reveal it to science people. Right. It wasn't necessary either to explain how there were, you know, planets that were, there were this many planets, not nine of them. <laughs> don't think of, <laughs> don't think that that's the case. But I don't want to fight about Pluto. <laughs> he didn't need to tell us how many. He didn't need to tell us how many galaxies there Remember, are. Remember, I think the moon is a planet too. He does. That's a long story. <laughs> that was on skews where he embarrassed himself. That's how reliable I am. I don't even remember exactly what you were saying. It was something about the a planet that some people think is made of cheese. Or I something. will, yeah, I, I will fight you and fight you. <laughs> we were like, the wait, moon. do you mean the moon? <laughs> the moon is a tiny planet. That is literally the <laughs> definition of an object that revolves around a planet. We call ours the moon. It's a satellite, not a planet. Yeah, I'm, I said I didn't want to fight about it. Anyway, but God didn't have the time or the motivation to tell us every little thing about the creation he made. He was ready for us to go and discover it himself. And the fact that there was a story, there is a story that makes sense to very, very primitive, you know, uh, Middle Eastern people and also makes sense to us now should be exciting. Like we should be rejoicing that we now have telescopes that are telling us some things that might have something to do with why there's been this discrepancy for, or seeming discrepancy for hundreds of years. And it's not a discrepancy after all. And instead of going, wow, that's really cool that Einstein's theory of relativity might actually solve some, you know, some questions, answer some questions that people have had since the time of Mahomedes or whatever that guy's (laughs) name was. Mahamnad, you know, dad knows. He's going to let me struggle like he doesn't know who I'm talking about. I know who you're talking about. Mahanides or I don't know, something like that. And uh, and he was a Jewish scholar who was like, look, this is weird the way that the, the Hebrews wrote this. It's weird. Right. It's weird how they didn't say this was literally 24, it's six 24 hour periods of time. It's weird that the first four days are written differently than five, six, and seven. It's, Mm -hmm. it's weird that like the way that they say day one, no, no, they don't say day one. They say day two, day three, day four. Um, but they say a first day. Is that right? Or is it day one and then a second day, a third day? I might have that backwards. It might be day one and then a second day, a third day, a fourth day. And it's weird. They do say evening and morning. They say evening and morning. And, but like. Which are two. You know, if you say, if you say, we're going to spend the day at the beach or last, last Saturday we went and spent the day at the beach. You know, I, I, I know I would interpret that as meaning you spent a period of time at the beach. I wouldn't go, oh, you mean from midnight until midnight you were at the beach? No. Yeah. I don't know. That's a super great example. Because, again, again, we're talking about humans now. We live in a world where time... I gave you credit for the Doppler thing. We, We live in a world where time is... We are all sharing 
the experience of time and the passage of time. We have clocks and we have calendars and we're very, very meticulous in our record keeping. And so any, any example we come up with now is in a temporal reality where we all literally are using time all the time. Right, but we're all on this planet. We're on the, this planet traveling the time, at the same velocity. Those clocks don't work at the same speed on other planets. Right, and that's the part that, that's the part that we didn't know mm-hmm. 200 years ago, let alone 2,000 years ago. There, right. We didn't know that time would not behave like you would expect. Well, it's mind-blowing. I mean, there, we had a guy that was, took us to task this week, and he always does, about how... Time is, and he's totally wrong. Time is a concept. It's not a. It's not a physical thing that can bend and warp with gravity. He doesn't believe in gravity either. And yeah, and- <laughs> Luke. Okay, pay attention to Luke's reactions because he is going to be a good representative of what Carl is probably thinking. You can't just blow past. He doesn't believe in gravity. He doesn't. He, he doesn't believe in doesn't. gravity. Yeah. He he thinks gravity is man is man's word. It's 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 made up by scientists to explain to deny what God. only God can explain. Yeah, yeah to explain yeah. what only God knows. Yep, God is literally holding you on the earth. There is no such thing as gravity. That's just man's attempt to to ex- give a non God explain what we experience, yeah. right, yeah. And, right, and lead God out of it. But it's measurable and repeatable. Right, and because God is constant and God is measurable, but right. don't call it gravity because that's just science. I give science. God credit, but we can still name the law and name the phenomenon. No, he's saying there is, it's not a law. It is a, it is God, God's action. It's God doing what you call and, what you try to attribute time, to gravity. Mm. As soon as you call it gravity or you call it a law and you don't refer to God directly. Would he be okay then with just putting God in front of all of the words we've come up with? Like God's, God's gravity. gravity and God's temperature and God's wind. And <laughs> you could ask him, but maybe. you would probably be ready to pull your hair uh, out. By what, I, what I can say, try to be charitable to the guy, even though he's a raving lunatic, is I, I would not expect time to be affected by gravity and and speed velocity I, I i wouldn't expect that you wouldn't you wouldn't think you think the time would, would pass too. the same at the same rate mass and, also affects it which right. is important because he said that time is not a physical reality but it does act only on things which are physical right. and that matters when we're trying to talk about a spiritual reality outside of time outside of physical matter and so it makes a difference when the creation process was accomplished by a being a personal being who is timeless and immaterial that matters when we've got this scientific theory and you can call it a theory that deals with time and matter and how and specifically the speed of light which also is really weird when you consider that god calls himself light like there's a theory that says that if you travel at the speed of light, first of all, you can never do it because of an object. Because we have mass. If you have mass, if you have right. weight, if you're made of matter, then your weight gets infinitely heavier right. the closer you approach the speed of light. You right. can't actually get there. But if something didn't have any mass at all, if it didn't have, if it didn't exist, it wasn't in part of physical reality, then traveling at if the it speed was of immaterial, light would cause time to stop. To stop. You would not. It would For freeze. that thing. Yeah. Not for right. everybody. Yeah. Right. For the thing. No, light. because things with matter experience time. Right. With with matter comes 
the temporal ex- existence that we all can't the, even imagine not having. The the light that we see at night, if you look up and you see the stars, you're not actually seeing the stars. You're seeing right. the light that left those stars. And some of them are like millions of light, light years, years away. Yeah. Hundreds of thousands of light Which, years by away. By the way, our friend who doesn't believe in gravity rejects that as well. He rejects that. He, he thinks that the stars like, are like like, they're like physical. hung from the sky, yeah. like like stage lights. If you just get a really big ladder, you can go knock them down. We just live in a big Truman like, Show yes, type world. Right. Truman Show. It's all. It's, yeah, we live in the Truman Show. Yeah, but God made it. So but it's if fine. you but so the light that you're looking at, you we might be seeing light. We might be seeing stars that don't even exist anymore, mm-hmm. and we won't know that they're not there for thousands of years before. The light gets here. The mm-hmm. light stops and, shining. And, but for that, for the light that's coming here, it left that star however many thousands of years ago. When we see it for that light, no time has passed. It's only, it's only passed for us because we're not traveling at the speed of light. And that is not something that you would expect. No. That, is, that is not something you would observe and, and know. I, this is what's really strange. I, in high school, I went to a Baptist high school. They were very pro Ken Ham. Our biology teacher is still a very, very outspoken young earth proponent. And I respect her very much. Um, and she is the one who taught me all of the really good arguments in favor of a young earth. And so, and I don't, I don't begrudge any of that. And encourage you to think critically. She is the one, however, who played us a movie once, played us this like, not a documentary, but like a scientific you know blip that talked about the theory of relativity and talked about if you traveled if you were able to travel at the speed of light told luke this last night if you were able to travel at the speed of light and take off from earth and land on the moon you would be able to turn around and watch yourself take off right and we were all like what What? and she just laughed she just she laughed at us because she was like yeah welcome to the world of theoretical physics like how do you comprehend that you can't. And yet we have Moses and many, many other biblical authors using examples like, you know, God is light or explaining the creation process in such a way that now even armed with these things, we can still make sense of them. We can make, some might say, even more sense than we right. ever have been able to before right. of the, what the Bible says. We're not discrediting it or doubting it. We're literally like affirming it understanding it possibly better than ever before right and and the fact the fact that god was to use their term vague in his description of time is the reason that it will hold up for eternity it's the reason we're not not going to ever discover something in science that invalidates a single word of scripture Right. right i can go with you on the old earth stuff i can't go with you on the what theocratic evolution piece of it? The, the, theistic, theistic evolution, theocratic <laughs> form of government. I yes. don't know what theocratic I, evolution is, but can't go there. But I probably believe it. <laughs> I just don't see. I don't see evidence. Theistic of, evolution of that. Okay, so that's really just an extension. I think people started as people. First of all, yes, that's not what that's not that's what theistic not what means. evolution means. Theistic evolution is not people evolving from monkeys. Okay. And, and it's a shame that so many people who don't know what theistic evolution is are like, I can't agree with that. I just can't agree with it. Why? What do you think it is? Well, it means we came from monkeys. Ah, uh, that's no, not what I believe. Actually, um, what, it, what most old earth theories 
postulate is that God intervened several times and still intervenes today in crazy and miraculous ways. And so all the kickstarting, all the days of creation or all of the highlights that we have recorded in Genesis are the times where he created from nothing and just, and like put stuff out there that wasn't because it wasn't going the way that he wanted. And so he gets stuff started and then kind of let it let it go, and then he. And then he's like, "Well, we got to make an adjustment right. here. Make now I got to flood the whole earth." Because, and here's here's why. <laughs> <laughs> I got to wipe everybody. So else. in Babylon, <laughs> he very quickly evolved each languages. of our languages. Right, that's right. another example. Um, but like, uh, we know some things about population. Like population science tells you how um, quickly something would need to pr- reproduce based on how big it is and based on how long its life cycle is how quickly it would need to reproduce and how many offspring it would need to have in order to maintain its um, uh, population. And it's like in the millions, like the only things that are capable of just rapidly reproducing enough that they could sustain their own population is like single celled um, microorganisms, bacteria and stuff like that. Um, But so the fact that we have fish and then we have birds, and we have the land animals, and then we have humans. The fact that we have those things is completely inexplainable apart from miraculous intervention from God. Well, right. are, are you taking current circumstances and then putting them in the past? Because, I mean, humans lived extraordinarily long periods of time. Did animals also live a long time, longer than you would think? Which would mean they wouldn't have to reproduce at the same rate that they would nowadays even even living 500 700 years is not going to be enough time for humans to reproduce in the millions my dear like unless they reproduced like bacteria like we're talking being able to split and split and split and split and split and have a colony of you know trillions in weeks you know that's the kind of that's the sort of reproduction you need in order to fill the planet with them and have them not die off because most bacteria doubles every 30 minutes or something right one of the things that uh that changed my changed my perspective about creation was i i got it from gerald schroeder's book uh the god according to god and he points out, well, it's not him that's pointing it out, it's Menomenes. So these are like, uh, you know, it's 800-year-old um, commentators on the Torah. So that, that's the thing. Gerald Schroeder believes in that God created things. And right. so, and in his book, he points out that the ancient, the ancient scholars and Bible uh, critics, apologists, pointed out that in Genesis 24, Genesis 1:24, God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, livestock, creatures that move along the ground, wild animals, each according to its kind. This, they say, let the land produce living creatures. And then it goes on to say, God made the wild animals according to their kinds. So these guys postulated that there, when God made the earth, he seeded it so that it was capable of bringing forth life. Now, that doesn't mean that if you've got a picture in your head, as some people do, of, of God f- fashioning all of these little animals out of dust or whatever and then breathing into them and sprinkling them around on the ground, that's fine. But what the scripture actually says is that God said to the earth, 
bring forth land. And he said the same thing to the sea. He said, let the, uh, let the water teem with living creatures and let the birds fly. So that's a slightly different way of thinking about it. And if you were on the earth, like Peaches was pointing out, if you were standing on the earth and there were no that humans day, there was, doing that, just so we're clear, not yeah, like when they saw Jesus rose from it, the dead three days later. But there were if, no humans there. If we had been standing there during that period, what would you see? What would it look like? And I would, I would, I think there's a possibility that it would look like what some people call evolution, where you've got these little creatures that just sort of bubble up from the ground because God created the earth with the ability to bring forth life. Mm-hmm. Now, the human thing, this is important. There is a insurmountable difference, like an unbridgeable gap between monkeys, even upright walking chimpanzees or whatever our nearest relative is, bonobos or whatever. Right. There isn't, you cannot get from there to human beings without creation. You cannot, God has to give us the consciousness, the free will and the, um, the knowledge that we have, the, the desire to seek him that we have. And, Animals don't have that, and so that's why they're not held accountable. They're not they're not held to the same standard in a lot of different places. It's why uh, God said that the sacrificing of of those lambs, the the animals in the Old Testament, was never going to be enough to pay for the human sins. That's we're not the same creatures. We're right. not. We are. Um, we are made in God's image. And, and the reason that those sacrifices were acceptable is because those were innocent animals. No. No. Okay. No. Nope. They it's weren't acceptable. Those the, those sacrifices were not acceptable to God. The only reason he exce- he demanded that they be made is so that he could prepare. Right. He was humans. he was teaching people about how much of a gap there was between his holiness and us, and he was he was it took centuries. Uh, of Which is teaching funny. them. It's funny that he evolved their moral consciences over literally hundreds of years. He did. He evolved their he, theology. Evolved the, the the theology in Genesis is not the same same theology that you have in the New Testament. Now, I don't think that God changed it. I just don't. I think it took him that long to reveal it all. Right. And when Jesus hung on the cross, he said, "What? It is finished." So what was he talking about? We could speculate all kinds of things, but I think one of the things that it indicates is that the theology is done. It's finally all that everything all all that's been leading up to for all of these since day one of creation. This is this is what it was leading to. Um, Right now, there's just one other thing, and we sort of talked about this last time. But there's one other thing that I think is actually a legitimate hang-up that people have. They're not trying to be tricky and facetious. You're going to talk about death before the fall. Yes. The people okay. have asked over and over again as a get gotcha question. Yep. Do you believe that death happened before the fall? Because look, if you think that it was millions of years of plants going through cycles and bacteria and, you know, first of all, somebody asked, um, how could there be millions of years of death and, and corruption? Corruption. That, right. Yep. He corruption. assumed corruption with his question. Right. And it's like, those are two different things. I saw that too. Death saw and corruption. You can't slide same. corruption in there when yeah. before there's right. sin. There's no sin. There's no corruption before sin. Right. And there's so. no sin before there are 
humans made in God's image. Right. Well, that's because with natural mutations, it's it is a corruption. It's a it's a chaotic. What undirected? Like what? There is no such thing as a natural mutation. That's the point. There's no such thing as a mutation that happens apart from God's knowledge. And that prior, the idea is that prior to the fall, all of those mutations were God's good plan. All of those changes that were being made, all of the adjustments that he was doing in his sandbox right. were I'm, like with, building in the sense. With God, yes. Right. But outside, I mean, there I, is nothing. I, I understand. Like, that's but the I'm, point. I'm thinking of tumors and cancer and third leg sticking out your side. Here, all right, here's here's so the other who thing. Who says that those are corrupt, though? Uh, here's the other thing that was in the book that they pointed out. And then I want you to talk about the death before okay. the fall because I don't want to, I don't want to be accused of dodging that question. Okay. Um, uh, let's see. This is not going to be the right current. This is not going to be the right translation. Let the land produce vegetation, seed bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit and seed in it, according to their various kinds. Uh, this is not the right translation. One of the, one of the translations says, let the, uh, let there be fruit trees bearing fruit. Right, fruit trees bearing fruit. Fruit trees bearing fruit. Which is weird. And, and the, the, I skipped over it a hundred times. I skipped it over a thousand times. Let fruit trees bearing fruit. Right, right. That's, that's just a fruit how tree. the Bible is. It says, it, it just stuff. it says it says goofy stuff. You just got to take it though. But the but the ancient commentators said that that was God telling the earth what he wanted and the earth did not respond the way that he wanted so there was all there they were suggesting that there's already a rebelliousness and a free will um built into the creation and god it's not his will but he's okay with it i mean he he specifically asked for trees made of fruit that bore fruit is what the commentators are saying i feel like that's a pretty big well, that's it's from that, a sentence. That's what they're. That's, that's what, what they're saying. The Hebrew says. That's what the Hebrew fruit says, and they're fruit. closer to understanding the Hebrew than I am. And so the what the, what they're proposing is that that creation was already going, not necessarily rebelling against God. But that God, but there was a sort of a synergism that God had said, "Here's what I want you to do," and the earth, okay, and and then, and then it kind of worked in tandem with God. And I know that's going to make some people uncomfortable, but that's what the ancient commentators. So, so God were wanted the whole tree edible, right? Mm-hmm. The whole tree was going to be made of fruit, bearing fruit, and it's just, and it's a, I mean, what would that have looked like? I don't know. I don't know, but that's what, apparently that's what the creator wanted, and it's not exactly what he got, so, again, that's going to make some people uncomfortable, but well, there it is. We All had, right, so talk about death. Go we ahead. had one person in particular who asked you multiple times, because, again, she was suggesting that you were dodging the question. Right. Come on, John. Did death happen before the fall? Did death happen before the fall? There was more than one person that did that. Well, one in particular was, like, laying it on in a vindictive and bitter kind of way because she didn't like your last response and so she wasn't going to let you go. Right, but I don't respond well to sort of... To nagging? I don't respond well to nagging. Men generally don't like when women are being nags, and so... Well, I don't give in to it because that encourages it to continue. Um, 
Well, it does if you're being polite, and you probably should be polite. So yeah, you're better just not answering at all. My my initial re- <laughs> my initial reaction was to just be like to just tell her, hey, you know, he's less likely to answer your question if you're being a nag, <laughs> and just maybe. Just show her that that's not a very likable way to I, you know, do stuff. All right, so what do you anyway. do you want me to answer the question whether there was death before the fall or not? How would how would you answer that? Because my point was going to be why don't you answer like my point was going to be to this lady I don't was there death before the fall? Because I She would just say no. The Bible says there wasn't. Right. Well, I can say that too. There wasn't. As far as what the Bible means by that, yes, that I can agree that whatever the Bible means when it says there was no death before the fall, that is 100% true. Now, uh, does the Bible me, actually say there was no death before the fall death or does comes, or do they infer that because when they ate from the tree, death entered death the world? Came by the fall in the Bible. Okay. Just as sin entered through the world, just, okay, this is Romans 5, 12. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin. And in this way, death came to all people because all sinned. Uh, to be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not charged against anyone's account where there is no law. So this is all about the law and how the law is not able to uh, cover over the sin. It was just revealing that there was right, sin. Right, there's no sin so where there is no law. So saying that Adam and Eve were the first sinners. Okay. There and was rebellion before the fall. We're going to think from no, here. That rebellion that is rebellion the fall. That rebellion is the fall. Re- rebellion is another word for sin, which is another word for the fall. And so it's saying death came so through you're, sin. So, so did Lucifer sin? Yes. Okay. Though then there was sin before the fall. That that was the fall. There's <laughs> your sin is the fall. Are you said, he's talking about Lucifer. He's talking about specifically the fall Lucifer of and Adam a third and of Eve. heaven being cast down to the right. earth. Yeah, that was. You're talking about the fall of Adam and Eve, but that's not that's not what Romans says. It says that sin came, that death came through sin. So whoever the first ones were to sin, that is when they're saying that, that does death sort of that happened. does. Get to the point, though, because it, whose death are we talking about? Right. What what death are we talking about? If death entered the world, for whom? For Adam? Right. For, for man? It's all about humans. It's, it's about, all humans about humans being responsible because of their free will and, and their knowledge so, of God that they they sinned and they brought death upon themselves. So I do not believe it is necessary to picture a world where no plants no microbes, no skin cells, and and then no animals uh, died. I don't think that's necessary. Physically. Yeah, physically. Where where everything on earth was eternal to the smallest species. Every insect lived forever. I don't think that it's necessary to insert that into the theology. I think that the Bible, when it talks about death entering the world, it specifically means uh, people, yeah, it, it means people with souls. Right. Um, and and even that, you know, it says when they eat of the tree, if they eat of the tree on that day, you will die. And then they didn't physically die. So it's got to be talking about something other well, than- And furthermore- Physically dying. I believe that Jesus conquered death. Do you believe that Jesus conquered death? Do you know anybody who's died? Yes. Yes. And so, again, right. whatever, Jesus reversed the curse. I believe that Jesus reversed the curse. I right. also don't believe that the curse was immediate death. 
physically because it couldn't be because if Jesus reversed the curse we would all have immediately been taken right. taken up to heaven and if Jesus has conquered death we the wouldn't way, die anymore the way they're interpreting it yes we we should all be living forever right, right now eternally right right now without any crossover so but here's apparently the I, death we're talking about is something else i wonder if in the garden or prior to prior to the creation of adam and eve and the knowledge of you know, good and evil and all of that stuff. Um, I wonder if the life cycle, including the part where things return to the earth, was good. I wonder if there was sort of this constant, eternal passing from the physical reality to the spiritual Of course it was good. Reality. Of course it was good. For, forest fires are good. Forest fires cleanse cleanse the wood they clean up the debris they the seeds pop out of certain types of plants and are replanted because of a fire and you people look at the fire and go look at all of that acreage it's burning up that is terrible it's like actually that's part of the cycle and god said the cycle's good now it's been corrupted from man's perspective but did i answer the question i don't know there was <laughs> Yes. Ask Luke. Let He's me, the one who represents the voice I of the Carl. I forget the question. Let me say it. Let me say it as plainly as I can. Yes, there was death before the fall. Plant cells died. Plants died. Some animals probably died. Insects died, but people did not. People lived, uh, however long they lived. I don't know how long Adam and Eve were in the garden before they, before they fell. I wonder probably 10 or 15 minutes. <laughs> I wonder But yes, too, there were things dying. If the, that if were the not death, human. like to me, it's the fear that is the sting of death. Like to, I think the Bible talks about that in the New Testament. Like to me, it's the, the fear of being separated from God and the unknown and the, um, all of that, that surrounds the mystery of death that, still freaks people out. Like, it's still the number one fear that people have is just death. That in public speaking. That in public speaking. And, and I, I do not believe that there was public speaking before the fall. I wonder if, and, and this is totally, this is totally theoretical. It's totally a, you know, if I was going to make a movie about an alternate reality that was maybe a little bit possibly a theory of the what once was the garden. If Adam and Eve were always meant to physically return to the earth but like but their souls were they, they weren't going to be afraid of that they weren't going to be like it was part of this good cycle where they would there would be absolutely no obstacles between them and being in god's presence because he was there in the garden with them or right. totally walked with them and so what difference would it make if their physical bodies retired or aged or you know eventually were buried again like they would still be with God the whole time. There would be absolutely no um, distinction between their life on earth walking on the face of the earth and their life with God in, quote, heaven. It right. was like one and the same thing. And so if, right. it's like taking out, well, scripture sort of talks about that. They talk about this body. It's like a tent. It's like, right. it's like a garment that you wear and you shed this garment. Right. And so they talk, the Bible talks about death as in terms of falling asleep right. and removing a garden or right. removing a garment. So, right. and what's, what's so bad about that? Well, now what's bad about it is we know that we're not worthy to be in God's presence anymore. We know that we spend a good chunk of our time here on earth 
um, being fighting evil. with me about my beliefs <laughs> on six day literal creation, being, being selfish, being evil, being confused. Like we can't go to God directly and ask him to sort out all of these, you know, questions that we may have. We have to wait a little bit. We have to now have faith that someday we will be able to be in his presence again. We like, have to evolve a little bit. And, and so if that's the case, if it's the case... That was Luke that used that word, not me. If it's the case that the garden was like heaven before. And we now have the, we now have heaven as a promise. And Paul is all excited because he's like, it's done. Death is... There's no victory for death anymore. It's lost its sting. Jesus, for me, to live is Christ. To die is Jesus gain. conquered death. He did it. It's complete. It's his finished work on the cross. And if he's saying all these things, and I believe all of that stuff then what is the difference between what I, the world that I'm living in now and the world that Adam and Eve were living in prior to the fall? Like, what is the difference? Well, my physical body dies. Who is to say that their physical bodies didn't also eventually go back to... Oh, now, again? now you've really opened up a can. And we're out of time, and you're going <laughs> to suggest that Adam and Eve were physically on a path to die no well i wouldn't call it death though in that case like i wouldn't call it <laughs> i wouldn't call it dying because again See, now, we cross exactly how i talk no. and everybody says you're being vague and no, you're dodging listen. the question we cross exactly what happens the last moment here on earth this is what people say the last breath on earth is your first breath in heaven right that's what they say right. there is no such thing as death in that case <laughs> Now, why? Because of what Jesus did. He conquered death. That's what people say, right, and that's right, what they right, mean. Right. They mean you don't even have to, to be, be afraid of death. To be absent from the body anymore. is to be present with the Lord. Paul said that, yes. Yeah. Like, I am not even, it's not even worth talking about it anymore, he says. Because this this present suffering is, is nothing, is nothing compared nothing. to the future glory. Why? Yes, because Jesus has done it all. and so We're not even going to talk about it. What did he fix? What did he restore? He he made it so we don't die anymore. And yet here we are looking at people physically. Die. Like five million people have died in the last hour since we started recording. <laughs> That's a little high. but no, a, lot, high. a lot of people died. How many, how many people do die daily? Who knows how many people million? died listening to this podcast? <laughs> Maybe five thousand. Put them thousand. into a coma. And you can look that up. But, the, but yes, recover. the point is, the point is that there's something that Jesus did that we that restored creation. Like creation celebrates now. Creation is has been restored. And if that's the case, we have we had better like think about it before we say, oh, it's just so terrible that we have forest fires and we have bacteria taking over things. We have death and we have decay. And, and it's like, corruption. maybe don't say death and decay <laughs> like that and see it from God's perspective, maybe. Six, I don't know. 6,930. All right, rest in I, peace to the 6,930 <laughs> people. Right. I totally, I totally love how this started out with me being vague and saying controversial things and ended with you dropping that bomb. That's yeah. per hour. That's fine. That's fine. Just email us, Carl. <laughs>